Welcome to the Inclusive Education Project. I'm Vicki Brett. I'm Amanda Salohi. We're two civil rights lawyers on a mission to change the conversation about education, civil rights, and modern activism. Each week, we're going to explore new topics which are going to educate and empower others and give them a platform to enact change in education and level the playing field. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the pod. Hello. It's great <laughs> to be week here. Another week and another special guest. Today, we're really excited because not only is she local to SoCal, but she's been there, done that, and has her own podcast that I think would be super helpful for so many of our guests. So, uh, Kara Riska, thank you so much for coming on the pod today. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor. So your podcast, the Special Needs Mom Podcast, we were lucky enough to find. Can you tell us a little bit about your background, how you got to having this podcast, and then tell us a little bit about the podcast? I'd be glad to. So at the time, my two-year-old was diagnosed with a brain tumor, and so our world, of course, turned completely upside down. We are thankful that he had a very successful resection, and but that began our road to recovery, which I would say is still ongoing. Nine years later, he's now 11, and I actually have three other children. So I have a 13-year-old, my special needs child, an 11-year-old, nine-year-old, and a three-year-old little girl. So this was my life, and I would say I was very ill-equipped to be able to really figure out how to navigate life now as a mom of a child that had multiple special needs as resulting from his tumor. And so as part of that, I actually decided, which is actually kind of funny looking back now, but I decided I was going to become a life coach. And I think my desire, my ultimate heart's desire was to help people with what has, what my journey was. Like if my story could end up helping other people, then it felt like it would have been worth it because it was obviously a very hard time. Mm-hmm. So that was about five years ago that I decided to become a life coach. And it took me actually a little while to, to officially decide that I wanted to declare that I was going to support the special needs mom specifically community. And so part of working in this area, I think I really learned how, in my opinion, there is a lot of support for children or parents Mm -hmm. looking for help. So all the help that I found, or even special uh, support groups, were completely focused around the child. Mm. Well, of course, there's a lot of need for that. Like, uh, by all means, we need to have that. But I couldn't find anything that actually was going to support me. Mm. And I wanted help. And I wanted to actually have a different conversation than you find in typical support groups, because it was like, yeah, I could talk more about my son, but I was like, I'm kind of tired of that conversation. I have that conversation all day. Like I want to talk about my experience with it and where I'm struggling. So that's really where the podcast got started. So it's like you said, it's called the special needs mom podcast. And I do a combination of solo episodes where I'm kind of just putting out real life stories of like things that I'm learning and experiencing and things that I want my community to, to kind of think about. And then I do interviews with all different kinds of special needs moms. And we just talk about life and we talk about what's working, what's not working, what we've learned along the way. And every conversation goes a little bit different. But I have loved seeing so many common threads of like, no matter what the diagnosis is, Mm -hmm. what I have found, the connection that happens almost instantaneously when one, me, special moms, and another, my guest, 
get together, it's like we can hold each other in a very different way because we know we get each other. Yeah. You're in the thick of it the same way, like in the weeds rather than, you know, and it's so helpful because, you know, like us, neither Vicky or I have a child with special needs and we can give our experiences from firsthand working with these kids to the cases that we work on and how many cases we've seen different things, but we haven't been there. And so that's why we're always so excited to have moms on the podcast to share their experiences, because I think hearing from other moms, like just, and that's moms in general, I'm very new mom of a six month old and like, it's a different experience once you've been in it, but just Mm -hmm. being able to hear from someone that has been in it and, I know that a lot of moms that we talk to, like they really do like think they're alone in this because they think, mm-hmm. well, I don't, all of like my friends that have kids, they're not going through this. And so the online community, I think that moms have been able to find have been so beneficial because you really can find someone who has really going through the exact same situation. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree that the the online community has been so instrumental and I know it's like that's been so fun to connect to people that way and what's interesting I was actually just on a a group this morning for podcasters specifically working in the disability uh, space and what we were talking about how like some of us feel jealous of other diagnoses not the actual like diagnosis but like having a diagnosis that people know Mm. because what you said actually made me think of that like nobody has the exact same experience like that I do like I could list off my son's diagnoses And you would, like, there's not going to be a group (laughs) that we belong to. We could kind of belong to several different groups. And I do think that I can understand a lot of different, because of his multiple disabilities, I feel like I have, like, a little bit of understanding, a baseline understanding of a lot of different areas. But I think that's what's actually um, been really great is to really connect at the level of, like, we are not the same the children's experiences, even if the diagnosis, like I know the autism spectrum disorder, like there's a wide variety of what the experience is for both the child and the mom in that diagnosis as an example, but really kind of finding a common ground of like, well, where do we meet? And what, like you said, like interesting that we all feel alone. And I feel like the podcast has really been a way of like redeveloping a belonging of like, mm-hmm. I belong here. Because I know my experience, and I've, as I'm talking to more and more people, is like raising a child with disabilities is it changes along the way. And when they're two, it's much different when, than they're 11. So when they're two, right. I found that I could mostly do all the same things because I could put my son in a stroller or mm-hmm. I could kind of keep up with the social and that his social challenges didn't really impact me. Now, because my son's specific disability is he has what's called hemiplegia. So the left half of his body is physically weaker and less, and it has some what's called spasticity where he's getting some like involuntarily, you guys know what I mean? No, I know. <laughs> you, oh, we got and you. I was like, that's a hard word. Okay. Yeah, no, um, you're fine. So he's getting, he's not having the ability to navigate in the same way that his completely physically abled peers can. Mm-hmm. And so as he's become older and the devices that we can access are no longer kind of socially acceptable because he's quite grown out of a stroller, then now I'm finding, okay, well, now my friend's saying, hey, let's go for a hike on Saturday. And we can't do that as a family. Right. And so it's like, I'm finding it's almost like picturing like a road when it you know veers off and it wise off, that that gap between what like I expected our life to be like Mm -hmm. and what it is like has Mm -hmm. like, it's gotten wider and wider and wider. 
And so I think that's where like we, as special needs moms, like we really want to have that belonging and we're navigating the world that where we're still figuring out. I'm sure what you find useful in terms of speaking to other moms that are in similar situations, not quite the same, but similar is like, you don't know what you don't know. And unless you're trying a million new things every second, you're not going to find that thing that works. But when you speak to somebody that has tried things, maybe they're further along, maybe their child is a little bit older and they found, oh, well, we used to do this when, you know, families wanted to get together and have the kids play or, or you know, and give you all these ideas or maybe just even shift your perspective of things. Because I think it's really easy, especially as adults, to just put those same expectations on any child. You know, we think of them as soon as they can walk and maybe even talk that, oh, okay, well, they're just like little human beings. So they're just like little adults. And, you know, we set these unrealistic expectations on them. And I think what's useful, I'm sure, in your conversations with so many different people is not only that sense of belonging, but also the community that can help you raise your child, right? They may not be there every day, but they can give you the tools and ideas that, you know, sometimes we all get stuck. And it's nice to speak to some Somebody that's tried five different things that you've never even thought of, right? Yeah, it's actually what's interesting. You, you that aspect, but then also you you talked about the perspective, and I think it's like, yeah, it's actually amazing to have a place where I can, like, actually, I belong to a Facebook group that's very specific to one of my child's conditions, specifically oh, okay. panhypopituitaries, and that's a long word. And so basically, that means he does not have a pituitary. And so this group is amazing because I can go there, like what you were saying, and I can ask the questions, and I can get like that real time support side of what I can access from my doctor. And it's like amazing to have that wealth of information at our fingertips and just a really supportive community from like that tactical, like actually, how do we do this care for our child? But then I think at a different level, I think the conversation that I interest in having is like, is that perspective piece is mm-hmm. like, actually, who are we being as parents, as moms specifically, in relationship to what we even believe about our child, our purpose, our so who we get to be in terms of like, what do we consider impossible and what do we consider possible in our life? And just because Absolutely. our child now has this diagnosis, does that mean that we are like destined for a future that we don't love? And I think that's actually what a lot of the moms that I talk to are grappling with. But their children have conditions that are very life impacting, right? So they may not be able to go out in public without like kind of a scene. And so having conversations, okay, about how we actually, as like adult humans with our own feelings of insecurity and kind of not wanting to be embarrassed and like trying to fit into the social norm, when our actual like reality is that like we don't because of our children now fit into the social norm. And so it's like, well, who are you going to be about that is the question that I'm asking. And like, what will it take for us to be able to actually feel all the feelings that it takes to go out and be in the world when we are so very different from, I think, what we always thought we would be, which is like socially typical. Yeah. And not just about how your child will fit into the world, but how I'm sure how much you've changed as a person, an individual. Like we, you know, always say, especially the moms, they tend to be the main caregiver for our kids with special needs that sometimes their identities get lost. You know, we have a lot of families that one parent ends up staying home because the juggling of therapies and doctor's appointments and 
additional support just doesn't lend itself to, you know, both parents working. And so then the the one parent becomes the full-time caregiver, very different than just a traditional stay-at-home mom. Mm-hmm. And where does your identity go? And so having a safe space to kind of talk about that, I'm sure, is just so important. Yeah. And I think also, like, I think we can only picture what we know, right? And yeah. so I think in the interviews that I have, it's like there's all different kinds of moms, um, single, mm-hmm. not single, mm-hmm. and, you know, kids with, you know, parents with one children, a child, and, of course, parents with multiple, and, of course, some with multiple special needs. And giving people something to inspire them on what's possible, I think is so important, right? So, yeah, like you said, a lot of parents do either choose or feel like they have to choose to stay at home to care. And that was certainly my experience for the first, I'd say like two years of my son's recovery. And I actually was pregnant at the time of his diagnosis. So that wasn't great timing. But so I was also home as, you know, as a result of having a newborn. Yeah. But I did choose to go back to work. And for me, it provides a lot of like, you know, one, I love what I do. And so I get to help people. But also it gives me um, a chance to be away from the primary caregiver because it takes a lot to step into that place. And for me, I don't think I could, I am not the best person to do that the entire day, all day, every day for my child. And I think it took me a long time to get comfortable with that because I always, like growing up, I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. Like that's what I wanted to do. Working was like, I don't want to do that. And it really changed for me over the years as I discovered who I was. But I also think that like for us, because one, we do have four kids. And so it actually takes three adults to run our household. So yeah, we early on, we hired an in-home nanny um, who is capable of driving to therapies and capable of really handling the challenges that are at home as a result of my son's conditions. And like, actually, last week is a great example. Like he had my son had two specialty appointments last week two multiple hour IEP meetings, which I know you guys will totally get that. And we had to also get him to do, um, to a lab draw, um, to prepare for one of his appointments. So that right there is like, that's kind of a full week. Right. That one was a, that was abnormal. I recorded a podcast on overwhelm that week because I was like, I'm feeling the overwhelm. But um, it, we couldn't have done it without the help of the third adult. We, we could call in the third adult and be like, hey, we need, and that's in this case is our nanny. And my parents have been very helpful along the way. But not everybody has that option. And yeah. I guess what I like to look at and like encourage my people to look at is like, is pushing beyond like what's comfortable. Because what's comfortable is not always hiring a nanny. Like it would have been, it's not super financially comfortable. Right. But for us, we choose that discomfort over others. And that's mm-hmm. just our personal choice. There's mm-hmm. no right or wrong about it. But right. I, I, and people just, I find that they kind of shut down ideas before they give up light. And I think that's what we're, you know, what prompted the question is like kind of having people that you can go to to get ideas from and inspiration from is, is so valuable. And that like goes towards that just change in, in perspective, right? And being able to do what is best for your family. And so that could be returning to work, right? It could be mm-hmm. having an extra adult in your home to help out. It definitely takes a village for sure. <laughs> I yeah. think to raise yeah. any of us. I was just saying this earlier, you know, we are 
pack animals. We are not meant to mm-hmm. be on this planet alone and survive alone. I don't think anyone can. And I think the more that people share their solutions to any struggles that they've had, similar to how you were sharing now, and I'm sure what you do on the podcast is so helpful and so insightful. And I, the wonderful thing about the podcast is even though the three of us are getting the benefit of the conversation just like quote unquote in person, right? Even if it's via Zoom, Mm -hmm. people who are listening will get that benefit as well. Even though they're not talking to us directly, you know, there are shy people. There are people that would just rather listen and kind of process the information on their own time. And I think that's the most fascinating thing that I find about podcasts and podcasts like yourself, because then maybe after listening to your podcast for a couple episodes, that parent will decide to join a Facebook group right? Maybe they, the thought of yeah. joining a group like that never would have occurred to them, but because you talk about it or because you felt made them feel at ease, they will decide to do that. And I think that is just like wonderful. <laughs> and I'm sure why yeah, you keep doing yeah. it. Yeah, definitely. And I think also just normalizing the idea of like yes. getting more support, like yes. normalize, like asking for help, normalize these things that like for one reason or another just aren't completely normalized so and I love what you said about just we are pack animals because I think Mm -hmm. that's what is so challenging often about like when you become a special needs mom my experience and I think a lot of people I talk to is like you also become an other because Uh. now you're in a class that you that you know like I guess has been marginalized from society like you know it's not that long ago that like kids that with special needs were like put aside and never seen yeah yeah, and so it's like when you kind of step into this space automatic then then i think that's why people have this experience of aloneness that nobody understands that then but then also that they don't belong where they used to and where they thought they would so i think big conversations that we're having is like okay like how do we find our belonging like recreate that and recognize like we like find and recreate that on our journey Absolutely. Um, so if someone would like to either contact you to get your help as a coach or listen to your podcast, how can they reach you? Well, thank you for asking. Yeah. So my podcast is available on all the major players and it's going to be the special needs mom podcast. And the other best way to reach out is I'm most frequently on Instagram and I'm at Kara Riska and that's K-A-R-A-R-Y-S-K-A. Perfect. Well, I'm sure you're going to get some people starting to follow you. And and even like Vicky said, with listening, you know, a lot of people like doing that first, right? You listen, Mm -hmm. you might follow them on Instagram and you start like getting their, you know, words of wisdom, which I'm sure you're posting on Instagram. And and then they might say, you know what, maybe I do need more help. (laughs) I think I actually approach that all the time. It's like, you know, I think I need more help. And so I'm always (laughs) asking that question to myself. I hope the other moms out there are asking the same question too. I hope so too. (laughs) It's a good piece of, it's a good little mantra to start saying to yourself and incorporating Mm -hmm. to kind of quiet that self-critic that sometimes lives inside of us. Thank you so much for coming on to our podcast. We really appreciate it. And we hope you guys enjoyed this episode and we will talk to you next week. Bye. 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 Thank you guys. 